everybody, welcome to the 67th episode of MathCast. I'm your host, Christian. And I'm your co-host, Levi. And uh, before we get started, uh, usual reminder, follow us on Spotify and SoundCloud and iTunes and uh, leave us a review, you know, if you like the, if you like the podcast, let us know. So uh, the first band we're going to talk about is Pac-Man the Movie. Pac-Man the Movie are a five-piece mathcore band from Houston, Texas. And uh, we discussed the band back in 2019 when they released their debut self-titled EP. And uh, now they're back with their new LP, Pac-Man the Movie 2 Eat Lives, which they released back on July 22nd via Dark Trail Records. It's your boy. And mm-hmm. they would descri- I mean, I would describe what they play as a mix of like mathcore and post-hardcore with really like sassy, tongue-in-cheek lyrics. You know, lots of pull-offs and tritone-laden guitar lines, and uh, very like short songs. You know, all these songs like barely clear two minutes. Album clocks in at twenty-three minutes. Yeah, it's it's so, it, definitely for sure. It's rather short, much like that for your health EP. I, I keep coming back to that because I just feel like that's becoming a a trend now. We're just seeing LPs coming in, uh, you know, much shorter run times than we, we used to. Would you would you say would you say that it's more digestible? Of a time frame, Christian? What, I, would, you, what would you describe that I as? saw that coming a mile away. Yeah, it definitely, due to the digestible nature of a shorter LP, you're definitely able to ah, give this more spins mm-hmm. for sure. And it's a, it's an gotcha. addicting, and that being said, this is a pretty fucking uh, addicting listen. Like, I mean, as short as it is, actually, I think it comes in at like 18 or 19 minutes. Um, really? Yeah, but they, uh, you know, they do add, they do add like um, just so many memorable hooks and... Uh, just you know the breathing room they add with like the eight bit moments, it really just gives it like such a good, fleshed out and complete feel versus like the last album, which I felt like was a little more like vignettes, you know, more more vignettes rather. The the eight bit side does um, add to the uh, just um, overall tone of the 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 band, just for the the title of the band as well, you know, Pac Man the movie. For sure, I, I understand. I think that was like an ob- they're like I, this is an obvious nod. I think we pretty much have to add an eight bit interlude or two. <laughs> Come on, you gotta toss in. But that's also the thing. This is, in no way does the, does the the name of this band tell you what's going on here. Um, it is a clever name, but it's not a Nintendo Core like course the band kind of thing going on here. No, not really. Um, no, I, you, it's more math core. No, and I mean purely math core versus like Nintendo Core. Um, I do use this a little uh, description a little bit, but I would almost describe these guys as a uh, right zany a little bit. But it's just mostly because of the pull-offs and just how crazy it all is. Um, overall, uh, due to the length of this album, it was very easy to blast through. And after it was done, I was like, "Holy fuck! I fucking finished the album. That was amazing!" And I went back and I almost kind of got lost in each track uh, because each one slammed so fucking hard. Truly. The 8-bit little spots. Yeah, they, dude. They I, all bring really to something enjoyed. fun and interesting, you know? It, so, you took the words right out of my mouth. Overall, I would say this album is very fun. Um, it's generally... Uh, you do go more towards the post-hardcore thing. Like, these days, I'm guessing you'd put on Every Time I Die more than I would put on Every Time I Die. I think you would just... I think this goes towards a little more uh, on your uh, direction to uh, to your ears, you know. Um, but it still it still caught me. Um, man, I gotta say, uh, Eric Andre, uh, the Last Man, fucking Hell's Kitchen. There were so many good tracks on this. Uh, it, it's it's amazing. ridiculous. And you know what's what's interesting about it is, 
I think we talked about this last episode, is that this is just like the brainchild of one person, Winton Davis, who essentially... No shit? Yeah, Winton basically writes all the music. He recorded all the guitars and most of the vocals along with Dylan, who's like the live guitarist. Um, and then they brought in a drummer to... Excuse me, to... Um, basically to track the drums and perform the material live, so... Yeah, it's just a uh, wow. Yeah, that's wow. pretty remarkable. Winton definitely just like really fueling this project, providing like most of the the creative energy and uh, structuring most of the songs. But you know, um, are they uh from, are they from Texas? Where are they from again? Yeah, they're from Houston. They're from Houston. Okay, okay. But that's not to say that this doesn't seem like it's uh like a collaborative effort too, because like live they do seem to like trade parts, like Winton does vocals on some songs and then Dylan will like hand like they'll trade off and Winton will play guitar and uh, Dylan will do vocals so it's cool to see that as well the music video gives off the vibe that it does you know um uh, yeah, just that, I guess. <laughs> um, the music video is so, everything, honestly. If you haven't, let's, if you haven't seen the music video, basically stop listening to this podcast and go watch the music video for to, Hell's Kitchen right now. Because if, if, I will agree with Christian. Uh, sorry, dude, I have no, to cut all you off good. because go this. Um, I will be honest with you. Uh, you know, uh, you're my boy. Um, Dark Trail's releasing it. Uh, I really wasn't listening to Pac-Man the movie prior to this. I know we did cover them in 2019, uh, but it's. The, the the video for Hell's Kitchen made me a believer. It definitely made me go back and rethink what I thought I knew, <laughs> and I was a little bit wrong. Um, and I really enjoy, I'm I'm glad that we are covering this uh, because I definitely would have kind of jumped over it probably if we didn't cover it. For sure, you know it's kind of easy to overlook. It's got kind of an absurd cover and a, an absurd name. The name is actually a callback to Galaga the movie, who were friends of mine. Who very early aughts. Very early aughts reference there, man. Just like all those, yeah, Galaga the movie, right? Yeah, yeah, very cool reference and a band that I used to tour with in my old band. So that that reference like really hit close, you know, close to home for me. And I was like, there's just basically no way I can't like not work with these guys. So um, love it. Yeah, the drumming on this album I think is what sets it apart from the EP. The EP had programmed drums, whereas this album they brought in Daniel Garcia who basically knocked out all 11 tracks in one sitting, if I'm not mistaken. So really, fucking awesome. Yeah, really, really. So when you hear the beginning of that first single, Hell's Kitchen, in the music video, yeah, that should definitely make you a believer because you hear, like, really good production on the drums, excellent vocals, tons of back and forth, zany, slidey guitar work, fucking just insanely good riffs and breakdowns one after the next. It's just, like, a smorgasbord of, like, great fucking sassy shit this album fucks dude you know, <laughs> it's so good <laughs> do you know if they play if they will or do play live oh yeah they play live a, all the time they oh, just played the other night and amazing, they're about to amazing. open up okay. uh, just today they actually announced that they're opening up for CU Space Cowboy uh, next week Pac-Man the movie let's see some live footage baby making moves there's there's actually live, uh, some good live footage of them existing on the internet so go check that out along with their Hell's Kitchen music video I'll go check the internet for that <laughs> you check the internet good man just fuck it they absolutely killed it on that music video it really just conveys yep. like you were saying everything with what this band is about yep. some you know Hell's Kitchen again is just like the big track because it's got that heavy building earwig introduction and that uh that gang chant of fuck i'm dying alone 
The inter- chant is amazing. It's so good. And the interesting, uh, interesting yeah. thing about the this song is that there's a single version and an album version, and the album version actually has that eight bit outro um, on the music video. It's uh, it is not there. They they omitted that, understandably. I thought that was worth noting. Mm-hmm. And it actually, I, I think it it was very well placed at the end of that track because it kind of does help add a bit of respite after that you know that, that first five minutes of, of chaos or so. I liked Insomnia a lot too. I thought you know much like Hell's Kitchen, it just had that infectious introduction, catchy main guitar line, catchy lyrics. You know, shut shut up, go the fuck to sleep, <laughs> like. That hits hard, dude. That that fucking guitar line is so good and just like um Yep. Just like driving, you know. Go the fuck to sleep. Mm-hmm. Uh, another big highlight I thought was worth mentioning is Folly D, which basically just needs to be mentioned. I, I already know you know where I'm going with this. Um those growled vocals on the bridge, just the absurd lyrics. He says, Suck a dick, fuck a bitch. Eat some shit. Slit a wrist. Fucking sick. Fight the fight. Burn it down. Burn it down. <laughs> Just so argue, fucking absurd. Can you argue with those lyrics? It's, uh, it's honestly, it's just so. It's it's a. Uh, it's like when you hear those nasty like just below net blow on a slam track or something like that. Where you're like, this is so obnoxious. I fucking love it. Like that kind of thing. Where those I lyrics and just like the growls. You're like, ah, I don't think that they're particularly well executed, but it doesn't matter in that moment because it's just all about. <laughs> it's just all about the fucking absurdity of those lyrics. They're so funny, dude. Uh-huh. So I definitely had to like. I definitely had to like go check the lyrics after I heard the lows there. I'm like, wait, what? <laughs> like, I had to go check some shit. Oh my god, so funny. Um, yeah. That's great, man. Yeah, yeah. And then Pac-Man: The Game is worth mentioning as well because it's, it's an entirely eight-bit interlude where they're fully just like, hey, here you go. Here's the friggin' eight-bit track that everyone was expecting, and uh, it's not useless and just placed arbitrarily. It actually the uh, the main motif sort of hints at the beginning of the final track, which is like one of their more fully realized songs. It's their longest track to date, clearing three minutes, uh, really showing a lot of attention to, to songwriting here. I think the fact that they allowed some repeats to happen really gives this a lot more weight. It's definitely not uncommon for bands to pull that move by just like putting you know a three minute outro on the end of an album, but they really push it as far as they possibly can. And there's just a lot going on in that this final track. It's it's fucking good. Yep. Good way to end the album. So I think with that, I think we can both agree that we should give them Hell's Kitchen. Man, I, once again, if you haven't seen the video, I guess we'll show you the track here. It's fucking, it's the one. For sure. I will link that for you in the description as well. And uh, yeah, if you're a fan of number 12, follow Troy, sassy shit like heavy, heavy, low, low, fucking give this a spin, dog. And uh, so we're going to go ahead and play for you. We're going to go ahead and play for you Hell's Kitchen, which is track four from Pac-Man the Movie 2 Eat Lives. And that came out on July 22nd. Here we go. All right, I might be a little faded.
All right, so that was Hell's Kitchen, which is track three from Pac-Man the Movie's new full-length album, their debut full-length album, Pac-Man the Movie 2, Eat Lives. And that came out on July 22nd. So next we're going to talk about From Joy. From Joy are a four-piece metalcore band from Houston, Texas. Lots of Texas bands on this episode uh, with heavy electronic elements. Uh, we've discussed this band before. We previously premiered a couple of music videos for them, which you can watch on YouTube. Uh, and uh, highly suggest that. Just like Pac-Man the movie, get if you don't know about this band, get your ass to those fucking videos, man. They're, I mean, if you don't know about them good. already, it'll 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 make you yeah a believer. Absolutely, I gotta agree with you there. They're they are really good, and they will absolutely sell you on what this band is doing if you're not already paying attention. So they're seemingly a new band from joy i mean it seems as though they formed late last year they released a two-song ep a single and now they're back with their basically what is like their debut ep because their other quote-unquote ep is basically just like a single and like an electronic intro track Mm -hmm. but now they're back with their new ep again their debut ep as i would describe it it lingers which came out on july 16th I would describe From Joy as breakdown heavy metalcore, uh, a lot of mathcore elements as well, though heavy emphasis on electronic breakcore-like elements that are uh, quite seamlessly worked into their arrangements. Actually, oh my god, it just—they um, are truly just intros and outros, interludes. There is nothing force-fed here. Uh, everything flows very well. I have to say, this EP was fucking top-notch, man. Um, all the breakbeat shit. Uh, they almost had like some lo-fi-ish moment uh, in vaporwave the earlier tracks. Yes, uh, vapor. Yeah, it's fucking. It's great, man. I gotta say, um, as much as I want to uh, drop the whole uh, you know Code Orange influence, I feel like this is something else. Uh, I actually feel like this is a little bit more uh, up my alley as far as uh, you know the breakbeat and everything like that. Um, a little less industrial, I guess. A little more flow and soft for sure to the, to the effects and everything. So yeah, I, I think. Yeah, for sure. There's definitely uh, shades of code orange here, which are kind of unavoidable. But I mean, if you're like a heavy band trying to integrate electronic, <coughs> excuse me, if you're a heavy band trying to like integrate electronic music into your sound, um, I think that comparison might be sort of unavoidable. But you're right that what they're doing is is fairly distinct. I would say as well. I think what makes this so special is that they're they're working it in so seamlessly you know it doesn't feel like an afterthought it it doesn't feel like it's just like it's forced in there and it really really adds a lot to they're they're just doing it so seamlessly uh, especially in so young too old which is my favorite track on the ep yeah and i I just i want to highlight that song right away because it just i think it extensively shows like what they're trying to accomplish come to life like the song just starts off with like heavy pitch shifted tritones and so you just basically know it's going to be like a fucking you know a breakdown fest but then around like a minute and 20 seconds into it like the instrumentals like suddenly stop and this synth comes in and then this breakbeat comes in and then it's joined by the vocalist <sighs> screaming and then the drum starts blasting over that so it's just like a really next level um, forward thinking moment and I don't think anyone's ever done that before at least not so seamlessly yeah, uh, the breakbeat 
the breakbeat, the style that they're doing is just, um, fuck, it just rings this, like, 90s vibe where I feel like I'm listening to, like, Atari Teenage Riot. Um, it's, it, I, I gotta say, um, cool reference. you already said it, but it's, it just, <laughs> it fucking just flows in, and it really kind of, like, it brought some thoughts in my head. I was like, whoa, where that, oh, oh, fuck, uh, from Atari Teenage Riot, oh my god, holy shit, like, and just, um, anyways, uh, I just thought it was very well done, um. So you really favored, uh, you said, uh, So Young, Too Old? Is mm-hmm. that the track that you enjoyed? Yeah, I, I think Man, overall that I was got... probably my favorite. It's got, a, it's got a really great music video as well. So this this is an album, and then another, uh, another uh, album that we will be mentioning later on. These are two on this episode that I actually had quite a trouble picking my favorite track. I felt it's more of a, an all-EP listen. Um so it's like I'm every track is good for I, sure. This this episode is just, just full of releases that every track is just so consistently fucking good. I'm I'm really happy with this lineup tonight. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's bangers, dude. But um, uh, everybody will understand this. What I mean uh, when we introduce the next band, but you really need to listen to this EP from start to finish. It just flows. There, it's everything there. Uh, I myself, I really enjoyed Phantom uh, Bullet and also uh, Symptoms point one three point seven. That certified banger well. for I mean, sure honestly, dude they're all fucking great so, that's just such um, a moshy earwig up. intro and just down tuned to fuck bridge man like the bridge of that song yep, in particular is, first... is disgusting exactly the br- I'm dude so uh, on you mean on uh the bridge on symptom uh, 13.7 dude symptoms is the one yeah, like the middle of that song uh, is just say... crushing Yep. Um, I do. I do have to say this is the first of two uh, albums tonight where I definitely refuse to uh, uh, say a favorite song just because it just uh, it, it's an all EP kind of thing, man. Uh, yeah. I, I mean, I agree with you. Thirteen point symptom thirteen point seven rather was one of my favorite tracks. So young, too old, as we already talked about. Uh, track five, no skin. It pretty much accomplishes everything that we were talking about. That so young, too old mm-hmm. does. And it's, you know, a successful and seamless integration of electronic music with heavy, like, metalcore and shit. Um, it's just not quite as impactful as, as So Young, Too Old. I also liked uh, No Light, which which is worth highlighting because it kind of has, like, that full-on singing over reverb-heavy synths and almost an undertone of, like, 80s or 90s, like, fucking television music. And I think, again, that's just due to the, the vaporwave shit. It's amazing. It took... It- this album took me in a few different directions, and I still have to keep blasting it to kind of understand where they're taking me there. So, yeah, I don't want to like. There's some nostalgia going on <laughs> for sure, and I don't want to like uh, labor over every track on the podcast. So I'll just jump to the last track, "The Gift of My Hate." It lingers because it's just such a goddamn neck breaker when that bass only break comes in. Oh my god! Mm-hmm. And then the guitars come in matching it, and it's just like so fucking disgusting. I swear to God, I start moshing in place. Wherever I am, like whenever that song comes on, um, get them shoulders moving for sure, dude. Yep, and then they I like agree with you. What what's what I love about it then is they like they change the drums underneath that too, uh, to making it in like a, a two step moment, and it's just like such a Chad metalcore move. <laughs> um, I'll take you. We'll take a little Chad every once in a while, you know. It's all good. I, you know, I also respect they didn't end the album with another vaporwave sequence, but instead like a very tasteful acoustic guitar outro. I thought that was good and sort of unexpected. That 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 took me back in a whole other way too. Like very early odds, like oh, we're doing an acoustic ender here. Okay, that's nice. Yeah, for sure. I, I kind of get t- well. It's usually the acoustic intro when you're talking about like odds music. So 
we had we had we had talks about this er, in early early episodes, but you're always waiting for that that acoustic track. It was always in the beginning or in the middle or in the end of all heavy albums. Everybody had a fucking little like soft track, I guess. You know, and that's why, yeah, we're just all fatigued by that that styling now yeah. at this point. I don't yeah. think you can really do that anymore, but, but, unless it's an outro. So yeah. they made it work. Oh no, that's the thing. Well, especially so with this outro, I feel like the the album is such a ripper that it is nice to have just a little breather at the end. I guess. <laughs> yeah, for sure. It definitely. Like, Whoo! What did we? It's catharsis. So uh, I, I think "So Young, Too Old" is the track. What about you? Game on, baby. Let's do that. Cool. So we're gonna go ahead and play for you. So young, too old, which is track four from It Lingers, which is off uh, from Joy's new EP, which came out on July 16th. Here we go. Oh, 
All right, so that was So Young, Too Old, which is from From Joy's new EP, It Lingers, which came out on July 16th. Hey, Christian. That Banger. was really good. <laughs> yeah, it was yeah. really good. That was like, it was like, it was like, it was like, oh, it's good. It's like, oh, wait, no, it's like really good. Okay. okay. Yeah, okay. truly. When that, Again, when that, that moment when the blast beat comes in and meets the tempo of the break beat, it's just such a fucking sublime marriage of like metalcore and electronic. It's fucking perfect. They smack so much in that fucking track. They're like, it get in there like, and you know it's fucking great man naturally there, there's plenty of elements of uh code orange and more specifically chamber who of course are to a degree also aping code orange uh, but another distinct influence i got off this based upon the guitar tones was end they really sound a lot like end to oh, me oh uh, homie i thought that as well absolutely by the way everybody out there that's trying to find fun, from joy naturally everything's gonna be in the description but uh it is not from space joy from joy all one word thank you for confusing. claiming that of course if you look also at another band yeah yeah if you looked at the title or the description of this episode you probably could have deduced that but you know it's yeah. definitely worth noting that their band is stylized as all one word lowercase mm-hmm. so let's see here next we're going to talk about fawn limbs Fuck yeah, this is an absolute fucking banger too. This episode is just, every one of these releases are, are quality, but this one in particular is one of the most adventurous, genre-defying, eclectic, uh, just cinematic pieces of music that I've heard all year. Uh, so Fawn Limbs... Uh, <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll get to that. So Fawn Limbs are a transcontinental yeah. math grind trio from Finland, Pennsylvania, and New York. We've discussed this band many times. Basically, if you don't already know who they are, you've either been living under a rock or you're just very new to this podcast and this community because this is without who a doubt. Who are you? I want to yeah, know exactly. who you are. Who are you? Who the fuck are you? God damn it. Who no, are right, you to listen to this podcast and not know Fawn Limbs by now? Um, even if this is your first episode and you're completely un- uninitiated, then how dare you? Still. Wait, wait, wait. <laughs> so you're Christian, right? You're Christian and I'm Levi? All right. I'm just making sure. I'm new. I'm just making sure. Um, but anyways, uh, yeah, uh, man, uh, Fawn Limbs, uh, this is a, I honestly, man, I was waiting for this to come out. I can't say this enough that I was eagerly waiting to hear all the tracks. Yeah. Cause, Cause I think we I all both were. knew what was coming. <laughs> yeah. I think we all were. Um, so basically again, they're just, they're so prolific. Uh, they're back with their, their third full length album, Darwin Falls, which they released on August 13th via Roman numeral records and wolves and vibrancy records. And I would describe their sound um, as a combination of mathcore, grindcore, heavy electronic elements, uh, and more recently the inclusion of spoken word. Um, but Darwin Falls is so much more. You know, they've they've added doom and sludge and power electronics to make something that is really just truly and wholly unique. If uh, anyone remembers, am I going to be the one to? Am I going to be the one to say avant-garde? Or are you going to be the one to say avant-garde? This is truly, this is definitively avant-garde. They're really going against the grain here. uh, If anyone remember, Levi, obviously you remember the Thrum EP where we got like an introduction to this this kind of style that they've... Spoken word. Yeah, that's where they brought in, they they allowed Lee to do vocals, you know, spoken word. So so the spoken word thing, um, so everybody just go back check that ep as well but um so it's ultimately spoken word from let's just say a cowboy right let's just spoken word from a cowboy and 
uh, Lee went on and basically continued this rugged. It's not the same story. It's not. I don't believe so. But it is same kind of like. It's a continuation. Open, just a continuation. Yeah. So uh, it's. Uh, I got to be honest with you. Um, this was an EP where uh, I knew what was coming. That's why I said I was waiting for all the tracks because I actually wanted to hear Lee's spoken word stuff equally to or even more than the actual fawn limb stuff because it added so well to yeah. the first fucking ep where it was like yo truly they got something new here like this is a new genre this is like and like you said in the beginning cinematic uh i i can only describe it as this like i mean truly i reserve I that word for music, very oh, few for very few releases and i think they've achieved here that it's something that is truly cinematic that ebbs and flows with the pace of a western yes. film you know when when I when I hear chaotic music, naturally a lot of thoughts go through all of our heads, right? We envision certain things, certain times of the day. Sometimes it makes sense. Sometimes you're like, oh, I was just thinking of that when I was listening to this. But like, fuck, man, this puts you in a spot. And never was I expecting. Um, uh, first of all, the the old timey western just being out in in the open. That was just. But it's so much itself, more right? though. It's like it's a western. But it's so much fucking. It's a western film that turns suddenly into like a horror film with, with like flashes of violence and disfigurement and uh, starvation. But isn't that, that wasn't. But isn't that fucking life in general? What, what I'm saying is like they almost they just I'm almost like oh I'm so scared of just the man trying to fucking survive. <laughs> the like, existentialism no is thick. <laughs> oh man, dude, I gotta tell you, it's uh, it. I um I don't know I'm almost like my, my my left palm is almost sweating but like I honestly uh I fucking love it uh there are certain reviews out there that have already written down like they have like the spoken word parts so you can just go read the spoken word parts but fuck man this is so good it's um, incredible just, yeah you, you you could you keep talking because I'm just gonna keep blabbering nonsense here, so. <laughs> that's my inclination as well honestly I I loved everything about this Ugh. fucking EP again if you if you enjoyed the the gripping, visceral spoken word passages and vivid storytelling, uh, you know, punctuated by bouts of absolute fucking maniacal electronic-laced math grind. They, they basically have taken that and just sort of continued that aesthetic. Um, and presumably, I think it's the same antagonist from Thrum, but maybe perhaps not. They've also added a lot to the um, instrumentation too. They've added like strings and woodwinds and horns, so that really I think drives home that like the cinematic quote unquote quality. Um, I would like to say uh, the addition of woodwinds specifically, I really fucking enjoyed. Um, I really am glad not only that they brought back Lee's spoken word uh, uh, part of this, uh, but also ad adding that. Uh, fuck man, I gotta say, um, in general, I think ever since Full of Hell, like in 2013, through that. Uh, the saxophone player in for the South by Southwest uh, set. It has just been it's taken everywhere. On. And it yeah. fits, it fits, dude, all the woodwinds, brass, it fits very well in chaotic music. We all just got to do it right. And my, this might be the ska side of me, but I'll always take some fucking horns, man. I'll always take something like that. I think what makes it work here is the slightly improvisational nature of these recordings perhaps it sort of just allowed them to like add a lot to the more atmospheric and like like paced tracks you know and uh some additionally some some more dissonance and uh you know just noise to like the the metal the quote-unquote metal moments as well the heavy moments mm -hmm. there, there's really just nothing like what fawn limbs have done here this is such a unique animal 
Um, but if you can imagine like the spoken word poetry of Lex from Daughters and the uh, you know the polyrhythmic and asymmetrical grooves of Car Bomb and you know the, the genre I feel like this is the genre expanding uh, but ultimately grindcore heart full of hell yeah i think you get you get darwin mm-hmm. falls um overall i got to say i feel every time i listen to this album i feel like it's the marlboro man uh doing the voice and that's where i like to stick my head in there <laughs> to feel like it's like the, Lee, the marlboro cigarette man <laughs> so i think we've been so busy gushing that Lee's we failed to kind of like voice. Yeah, we, we really we kind of failed to spell out that Lee Fisher, the drummer of Fawn Limbs, um, who was also previously of Commit Suicide and Psyopus, he uh, mm-hmm. he provides all the spoken word vocals on this album. So um, a lot of people haven't. Uh, I think I mentioned this last time when we we reviewed Fawn Limbs. But whoever hasn't listened to Commit Suicide, you fucking idiot, go listen to Commit Suicide. What are you doing? What are you doing? You gotta check it out. Oh my god! See, I'm 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 idiot. <laughs> I need You're... to go listen. I know. Yeah, this is still it's, a dude, conversation. It's only two albums. Only fucking two albums. <laughs> go get on that shit. It's all I'm such good. Such an asshole. Uh, but, uh, Remind me later. So so, um, earlier when I was mentioning from Joy, where I just couldn't pick my favorite track, this is the EP I was speaking of, where um I don't want to choose a favorite track. Uh, that's all you, bud, yeah. because this it's just it's, it's was, hard to do. Um, yeah. yeah, it's it's a uh, it's a tall order to pick a favorite Yo, track because they're all very exceptional. If this if a track from this album showed up in one of my random Spotify like playlists and stuff, I'd be very upset because I don't want to hear a track. I want to hear the whole goddamn thing. You know, that's where I'm at with this. Right. I don't think it's something. This isn't an album where you can just like I'm gonna throw on a track from Darwin Falls. It's like no, you gotta sit and listen to the whole album and take in the whole storyline, you know? Yeah. It's like you can, but we are definitely might be pl- applying some math core rules here where it's like, yeah, you do that if you want, if you be an idiot, I guess, but you want to do it right. You might want to listen to the whole thing, you know? <laughs> well, I, I, there's, I guess there's no rules of course, either in the way you, you take this music in, but I, my recommendation would be to, to take the full album in for sure. I think it'll be more gratifying uh, ultimately to just experience the whole narrative in one go versus here. to hear a fragment of it. I'm gonna give I'm gonna give all the listeners uh, the the Midwest passive aggressive thing, okay? Well, if you want to do it the wrong way, you can listen to just one track. But if you want to do it the right way, you should probably listen to the full EP. There you go. <laughs> well, it's an LP actually. I think it's like 30 minutes, so I would qualify this as a full album. Nah, I'll give you that. They just blast through everything, so I always think everything's an EP with those guys. <laughs> That's totally fair. The amount of music they release, you would figure that it's like a bunch of EPs, right? But no, it's like yep. three full-length yep. albums in, you know, one full-length album a year and one EP a year on average, basically. So they're... Boys are busy. They're one of the yeah. most prolific artists in this scene. So again, I would be shocked if you didn't know who they were and you enjoy this kind of music already. <laughs> and yeah, it's just, it's so hard to pick a fucking favorite track because there's just so many of these moments that are so vivid and stick with you. You know, when he's like describing how he's struggling to maintain consciousness and he sees this small uh, pile of rocks and it looks like some monolithic structure at the end of Wound Hiss. Dude. Or when he kills the snake in Sashura. <laughs> That's one of the most vivid moments uh, on the album for sure. Him w- him waking up and realizing that the one wound stings more than the other one. I repeatedly smash the goddamn things head against a rock and turn it <laughs> into so- a pulp or some shit like that. It's so brutal, dude. 
So good. The house and the house and the house the house of uh, agony and moans for help. Uh, parting his cracked lips as I walked away. Love it's it. Like, what so the good, fucking dude. Shit, dude, it's so good. Yeah, there's so many fucking quality moments like that. Um, yeah, particularly Sashura. Again, I just I love that moment when he's just talking about. Um, <laughs> He describes coming upon the snake and then smashing it against the rock. And then he takes a bite of the raw snake and then goes back to humming his song. <laughs> it's just so mm-hmm. fucking, like, demented. Um, yeah, great, great fucking moment there. I, I had to highlight that. So as far as, like, tracks I enjoyed, um, aside from uh, Sashura and um, the other one we were just talking about, I'm spacing right now. Uh, Nesting Lumens, I think, is one of my favorite tracks. It, it takes a while to get going, but yep. it really just like sets the stage and kind of evokes that Western feeling, along with the, the sense of dread that is pretty much present throughout this entire album. Man, it is a uh, it is desperate and lost. <laughs> like if you, if you really read the lyrics and listen to this album, it is a goddamn ride. And even like at the end, it's just like what the. Well, oh, you know, back to Nesting Lumens. Life is rough. One, one thing I liked about that track in particular is that Ellie is doing, like, he's using pitched screaming. He's, like, screaming, you know, using screaming that is pitched to the guitar line, something he also does in Wound His, too, by the way. And it's just, like, a fucking a cool moment and, you know, an unusual technique. You don't see too many vocalists, like, scream singing, if you feel me. Like he scream singing, yep, yep. He scream sings in nesting lumens, and it's just like, oh fucking like wow moment. Like this is really really unique, like right off the bat. I got a, I got, I got the feels for sure. I definitely got goosebumps uh, when I heard that uh, for the first time for sure. Yeah, fucking excellent. Um, I think noose gestures is kind of like the obvious, like single track. Like I don't really have any notes on it, but it just like smacks fucking hard as hell. And I think it like immediately comes off as like heavy, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think twitching lapsing also is probably my other favorite track. I think it comes off as like one of the more accessible in terms of like fans of metal go, but it also just has that really nice use of saxophone in the middle of it too. You know, I think it's like, I favored that track. I favored that track, but because of the saxophone. But also, I'm noticing that you just keep naming tracks. It's almost like you like every track. So. <laughs> I do. <laughs> That's why I, I do I like every track. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> but that track in particular, what makes Twitching Lapsing special is, again, the saxophone. And then I think it's also the song that's like most predominantly like glitch-oriented. Like They really added tons of glitch elements into that track in particular to the point where it's like almost a bit overwhelming uh and and mm-hmm. at the same time really eclectic you know it's just it's all over the place uh you dissolver since i'm just naming tracks here it's the final track but it's just it's truly cinematic because it begins with that crackling campfire the chirping crickets in the desert night setting it's also fawn Lim's longest song to date clocks in at seven minutes which is fucking remarkable considering they barely clear like <laughs> two or three Yep. Very doomy outro. Man, that crackling in the beginning, like if I wasn't already there, that puts me there. Yeah, no shit. Like, yeah, if man, that was not. This is crazy. I'm out here. I'm out here with them. This is nuts. Like that kind of thing. Like, yeah, incredibly powerful um, setting. Like it's, it's just, it just really, it really puts the setting into your head, rather. 
So it's uh the the voice the voice is so um grisly and just uh weathered and just you can he- hear the experience in this like cowboy voice that he he does for uh, the record. It's it's amazing. So yeah, fucking love it. Yeah, this is one of my favorite albums of the yeah. year so far. Agreed, bud. Yep. Uh, so, yo, what, what's what's up? What, what track? What's going on here? Twitching, lapsing. We'll give him that one because that one just starts off with like those low end chugs. It's a really fucking groovy intro, and then it gets mm-hmm. you. Then it gives you everything else that they have to offer on this album, uh, including the atmosphere, including the woodwinds and the horns, uh, you know, the saxophone, and, and then including those like really heavy glitch elements. It's just it's it's everything that Fonlims does in one neat package. And it's not the single that you already heard, which is Noose Gestures. So, Boom. Cool. So we're going to go ahead and play for you <laughs> Twitching Lapsing, which is track six from Fonlim's new full-length album, Darwin Falls. And that came out on August 13th via Roman Numeral Records and Wolves and Vibrancy Records in Europe. Listen to the whole thing, you sons of bitches. Don't listen to the goddamn <laughs> just the track. Go listen to the whole thing. Go. What are you doing? <laughs>
swimming in a sea of fire. So that was <laughs> so fucking good. <laughs> so that was twitching, lapsing. Go ahead. What? Let's just let's just get this into everybody's head again. That is so fucking good and so different. And even though this is the second time this band has done this, it is so new and refreshing, and I fucking love it. That's it's it. a That's grindcore western poetry slam. My fucking. That's, that's my pitch. Feel it all over me. I pitched it to Fantano yep. and he retweeted me. So basically, fun. I saw your, I saw you're your... welcome. You're famous now. <laughs> I saw your eyebrows there. It was a pretty good pitch, bud. I saw the, the how much your eyebrows moved there. That was good. <laughs> <laughs> that can be very convincing. Yep. <laughs> so um, that was Twitching Lapsing, which is track six from Fonlim's new album, Darwin Falls, which came out on August 13th via Roman numeral and Wolves and Vibrancy. So next, we're going to give you your release radar for the months of August and September because we are horrifically behind on this podcast. So we kind of are like we're kind of behind. It's like, we're, like, we're busy. It's we're like, everybody's busy. Dangerously We're busy. Behind. Everybody's busy. Like, yeah. Two months behind. It's like, it's like, it's like when we're busy, it seems like other bands are busy, aka they're like making a bunch of music. So it's like, wow, we're busy. Everybody's like, yo, we got a bunch of all this like new music and everything. We're like, whoa, whoa, what the hell? You know? Well, so, full disclosure, yeah, I'm working up. like 10 hours less a week now so I can actually focus on like doing fucking notes in a 
a time where I'm not like you know about to go to bed or as soon as I wake up. So that's been nice. Uh, <laughs> been some personal there. So uh, Darwin Falls uh, by Fawn Limbs, as we were just discussing and gushing over moments ago, definitely one of the best albums of the year, at least one of my favorites anyway. Certainly one of the most experimental, adventurous pieces of music I've ever heard. Uh, personally, there's again nothing like that. Uh, Stalker by Utopia, which is a uh, bit of a transcontinental project, as I recall correctly. It's got Billy Reimer, most famously of Dillinger Escape Plan, on drums, and um, Lee Fisher of Fun Limbs actually on drums as well. Uh, and the main songwriter, oh. yeah, it's a good album. It's it's very Dillinger esque, but uh, still unique in its own way. Very progressive, kind of like jazz Corey as well. Uh, Utopia by Stalker or excuse me Stalker by Utopia go check that out um, Levi you know about this Bucky dropped their debut EP their debut self-titled mm-hmm. EP via Levi's mm-hmm. label Cliff Parade Records so if you want some fucking Jerome's uh, Jerome's Dream vibes definitely go vibe with that mm-hmm. very Jerome's Dream for sure Love Lost Not Forgotten but Not Forgotten rather etc mm-hmm. etc uh, Simulacrum and Stimuli by Infinite Hex, which we'll be talking about oh! later in this episode. I Don't Feel Anything by Wilziax, their new God City mm. Mastered EP. Fucking banger. We'll be talking about that next episode. From Chaboy's label. Mm. Monolith of Corrosion by Nightmare, featuring members of War from a Harlot's Mouth, The Ocean Collective, and... Successful right apocalypse across the sky. Yum. Yo, uh, hmm. it, it, I, I just want to say I'm so happy that Nightmare did more. I just kept. Well, going. did something that I, I thought that is good. <laughs> I, hey, hey, listen, I know, I know, we didn't like the last album. I, we were much into it and everything, but you know. I, I, yeah, I hate to say that we like at all. We kind of snubbed it, and the reason being is I just didn't enjoy mm-hmm. it at all. I didn't feel like there's yep. anything adventurous or memorable it, it just wasn't memorable or yeah it just didn't like move me in any way but these new tracks these new three tracks are definitely hitting a stride that is like way more up my alley way more uh mm-hmm. technical way more energetic less less lethargic and you know i, I know that you can going through different vibes on different songs or whatever but maybe it's just personal preference but i really like the direction that these new three tracks are taking uh yum by standards the Los Angeles math rock duo. Haven't spoken about them in a while. Probably cover that in an episode or two. Mm-hmm. Nevures by Mikel Anoya. Previously more of a math core project from Italy, but they've sort of like pivoted into like a plebeian grandstand, you know, more predominantly, you know, extreme black metal kind of project. Really fucking good too. If you haven't heard that yet, Levi, definitely go fuck with that. Mikel Anoya. I'll, I'll send it to okay. you. Unmaker by LLNN, which is, holy fuck, one of the absolutely most ridiculous heavy albums that I've, I've heard this year so far. It's, it's just, like, fucking obnoxious. Copenhagen just showing that they've got, like, some of the fucking best bands in underground music. Copenhagen is busy right now, dude, for sure. A lot of good screamo coming out of Copenhagen too. Uh, yeah, Demersal, who hopefully we'll have some time to talk about in a later episode, because they're fucking killer. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, 
A self-help guide to your nervous breakdown by 30 seconds go. You can definitely be assured we'll be talking about that in a future episode. Uh, they've been working cough, on this. Cough, finally. Fucking finally. Yeah, talk about. Finally, just, yeah, dude. Uh, talk about blue balls on a release. I mean, they've been working on this thing for, I, I swear to God, like two years. Or it's been, it, it's been like held back for like two years. And they finally got the thing out. And I got to say, it is worth the wait. It really is fucking ridiculously good. It's like, uh, yep. it's like Danza, a bit of Ion D. Uh, it reminds me quite a bit of the god awful truth too. They just like they use that pitchfork pedal, which gives a really distinct tone to the guitar, adds those like half step mm -hmm. you know harmonies. Um, I think that's about it. So that was your release radar for the months of August and September. Boom. I'm definitely missing some shit. Did I miss some shit? Let us know. <laughs> so next we're gonna talk about. No Suffer. No Suffer are a heavy hardcore metalcore quartet from El Paso, Texas, featuring members of Triumph Over Shipwreck. We talked about them back in 2018 when they released their debut single, or uh, their single, rather, Breaker, which I liked quite a bit more than that Summer 2-piece EP, and that really got my attention on this project. I think for some reason I just didn't connect mm -hmm. with that. Um and I didn't really connect with the LP quite as much either, sadly, which they released in 2019. And I guess that's why we didn't really get around to covering it, sadly. But now they're back with this new EP, The Great Dying, which they released on July 30th via Silent Pendulum. And this is a whole lot fucking better than anything they've done so far. Uh, I honestly, dude, I thought these boys were long and dead. Was not expecting anything from them. And then not only did they come out with the fucking record, it's like Silent Pendulum is releasing it and everything. And I was like, whoa, like that is fucking great news. And uh, it's just head and shoulders better, just production wise, songwriting wise, the performance well, wise. So, so production wise, I mean, they always kind of suffered a little bit as far as that goes. So <coughs> this is just great to hear the boys in No, no Suffer uh, actually sound how they should sound. Um, also, it, they stick to exactly what they've always done. Solid fucking hardcore, little like metalcore, just more just straight hardcore. You know, breakdowns are fucking solid. Yeah, just um, basically they the, build songs around just ridiculous breakdowns one after the next. Yeah, I believe they had a vocalist switch in their early days, but even if they didn't, I'm sorry if I got that wrong, guys. But uh, the the current vocalist, let's just say, um, I absolutely love uh, just the quiet raspiness um he in no way has too overpowering of uh vocals um i really like the tone that he's at i don't know how else to say that it's really like um, raw I you know love... it's like raw it's delivery raw is a great way yeah i would just say raspy and raw would be my description of his vocals uh lyrics as well i fucking love the lyrics uh, just with hardcore, you want to say a lot, but keep it simple. I, I really feel like No Suffer does that very well. Um, overall, this will be maybe my third uh, album tonight where I it's it's hard, hard to, to pick, pick a favorite track. track. Um, <laughs> no shit. But not but but this so this this is a this is a this is a compliment to the band where the last two EP uh, uh, albums I was telling you like From Joy and uh, Fawn Limbs where you want to take the whole ride just to understand the concept. 
But here with these guys, it's just you don't want to miss a fucking track, man. What are you doing skipping a track? Like, fucking dingus. Like just fucking there's a breakdown in there. What do you do? There's a breakdown in that track, you dummy. Yeah, what do you why you what'd you do? Like that kind of So anyways, um I would just you. say that uh, uh yeah, the whole album just fucking hit me so well. I'm so happy to see these guys are around. I'm not sure how I mean I'm seeing that they're doing current shows and everything. I mean fucking keep it up. I just I reached out to him even when this came out. I was like, I thought you boys were fucking dead. Like, I thought it was done. Like, I was not just so. Anyways, just, I'm stoked. thought they had a great dying, perhaps. No, but they're they're very much, they're very much alive. I'm sorry. I had to do it. It was too easy. They basically just improved upon every element of their debut full length on the CP. Again, the, the songs are just Absolutely. way more complete. They feel way more flushed out. The performances are way cleaner. The production's way just more clearer. Uh, I think there was a disconnect for me on the LP when they just didn't quite have it for me. And now they have it, you know, it, 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 I totally get that. It, it feels less like a random series of breakdowns and more like, more like songs, more song oriented, you know, and less just moment oriented. And I also feel like, um, <laughs> just Jay really, really fucking shines on this release. I think that's, the biggest highlight. Slamming away, slamming away. That's the biggest. Oh, the biggest disgusting. highlight of this release, hands down, is the drum performance of Joseph L. James, who he's just got to be like one of the fucking best drummers in hardcore. But not like he should be like truly in a huge band with how fucking clean his technique is. It's just immaculate. His fills for all the mice, always perfect and well, perfectly for- placed, and just truly a joy, a joy to watch. I'm sorry, what were you saying? I'm sorry about that. Uh, this is uh, for all the MySpace fans. He used to be also in Triumph over Shipwreck. Correct? Right, exactly. He was the drummer of yep. Triumph. I mean, I think there's like maybe one other guy from the band too, but conclusively, okay. Jay is. So, yeah, so yeah, Jay just slammed away. But uh, yeah, uh, it's um, everybody did a great uh, job on this. I just, once again, it is so fucking great to see these guys just still playing. Um, even though I did enjoy the whole album, um, straight up, uh, the opening track, uh, God, God play. play, fuck um, yeah, dude! Right out the gates, lets you know what's up. Sign me up, like I'm fucking yeah. Everything's great. Um, Vertigo was awesome. Uh, Balances was solid as fuck. But um, I guess if like I was gonna be like throwing the dartboard, uh, throwing a dart at the dartboard, I guess it'd be God play. I'd be suggesting as my favorite track. That's what I would say. I, I think that that's probably one of the better ones for sure. I, I think it's uh, <laughs> it's just when that like artificial harmonic lace like break like groove rather it hits you like the and then the pre-verse it's is just like just like fucking neck breaking yeah yep, yep. i thought thumbnail was obviously good too that was the single that they led with so you you know that that's gonna be one of the better tracks but it just has this great build-up in the beginning that like gives way to this like chugging version of the intro which they then bring back with like more variation on the guitars and the drums, and then they add like blasting underneath it, and it's just like just one. Every part gets like progressively better, basically in that song. It's just fucking devastating. Uh, I thought Scarecrow was pretty fucking good too. Has a really good mosh call on the album. Very exciting up tempo bridge uh, that sees some nice development too. The Great Dying is great as well. Like that's their longest song yet. There's a lot of albums on this podcast like where their last track is their longest song yet for some reason. It's funny. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, the more, I guess the majority of these would be um, close to EPs in a way. I, I wouldn't say this would be an EP. It's definitely a full length. No, uh, it's, it's an EP. I was, I was. Is just, it an EP? God damn it! What the fuck? I don't know anything anymore. No. I would describe this as an EP for sure. I, I don't feel like there's an over, an overlying like concept or anything. It's more of just like a collection of songs that, granted, are more fleshed out than what they've done before. But I think that lengthwise and conceptually speaking, I think that this is I think this qualifies as an EP. You know, it's it's six yeah. tracks. And they're not like it, it doesn't even you. clear eighteen minutes. If it were like an album of like ten plus more tracks over eighteen minutes with all very short songs, then you know, then we could start to really split we're splitting hairs already. So let's let's you stop that. You stop that. You're making <laughs> you make me you make me fucking crazy. You make me crazy. Yeah, dude. Sorry about that. <laughs> All right. So um, I think Thumbnail is the track conclusively. What about you? I mean, either that or God Play. Oh. No, let's, let's, let's do Thumbnail. I'm with you on that. I support okay. that. Let's not give him the opener. Let's Yeah, let's go in there a little bit. Yeah, go. I mean, exactly. Thumb, God Play will definitely fucking sell you on it. It's not like they're not going to like God Play. So let's play. Uh, we're going to go play for you Thumbnail, which is track two from The Great Dying, which is No Suffer's new EP. They came out on July 30th via <laughs> Silent Pendulum Records. Here we go. So that was Thumbnail, which is track two from No Suffer's new EP, The Great Dying, which came out on July 30th via Silent Pendulum Records. So next, we're going to give you your MathCore news.
Christian's pregnant. <laughs> Finally, we've been trying and trying. <laughs> <laughs> Homies officially preggers. Let's do this. Right. Um, that you're gonna, gonna be like, yo, I'm pregnant. <laughs> <laughs> not for real, no, not yet. Thank yeah, you, though, no, Jeff. Yeah, not, joking, everybody. We're jo he's joking. Not, I'm not pregnant yet. No, we're not pregnant yet. No, I was talking. No, Chris is pregnant. It's <laughs> fucked up, dude. I don't know what's going on. We got to him to the doctor. It's I'm, bad. I'm pregnant with a burrito. <laughs> <laughs> um. So uh, yeah. Uh, other than other than my uh, irritable bowel syndrome, um, Arctangent revealed the Arctangent lineup today. Which is excuse me, <laughs> September twenty ninth. Uh, Opeth, Cult of Luna, Tesseract. What else? Uh, very most notably McCluskey. <laughs> That's interesting. Uh, Delta Sleep, The Armed, Intervals, Oathbreaker, The Locust, uh, Frontier. It's fucking absolutely goddamn stacked, and it is in. It's August seventeenth through twentieth in Copenhagen, I think. Actually, don't know where our tangent is. I totally shared this without actually any knowledge of where it is because I just I'm fucking a center. Um, but yeah. So our tangent, ladies and gentlemen, good lineup. You can't go mm -hmm. to it though because you're mm -hmm. probably in the United States. <laughs> Sorry. It's, it's, uh, no, but uh, <laughs> Patrick can go though, right, my G? You're in the UK, aren't you? Uh, Converge just announced uh, their new. Blood Moon LP. Yeah. It's in England? Hmm. Yeah. That's You're right. all off, bud. <laughs> ah! Run. Thanks, Jeff. Um, we're going to go ahead and edit that out. <laughs> Chat my coming massive, in. Flip, my please. massive flub. He's in Australia. England. England for criminals. God damn it! Indeed. So is, is, is England close to Australia? Like, I mean, like, how close is it? Like yes, Levi. They can see it from their shores. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, Converge it just announced their new Blood Moon collaborative LP with Chelsea Wolf. Uh, they played a show or did like a, a live like performance with them last year. So it's really cool to see that they've like fully brought this thing to life in album form. Uh, speaking of such things, The Arm just announced uh, their new live album and like video it's like a live session evidently of ultra pop live at the masonic which will be out on mm -hmm. the 15th of october I'm really stoked for that uh, some more euro news for you here rollo tomasi and pupil slicer just announced of uh a run of february dates and then uh we're going to be sponsoring a show on november 18th if you're in brooklyn head out to gold sounds for the homies in Juan Bond, Under the Pier, Thin, and Inertia. And it's November 18th at Gold Sounds in Brooklyn, New York. New York, New York. New York. Okay, I'm certifiably drunk now on this podcast. Fantastic. Alright, love it. It's been a second. I feel like I haven't been drunk podcasting since like 2018. Let me let me steer the wheel a little bit. No, no, no. You gotta steer <laughs> still. But yeah, I can't do shit, dude. You gotta go. So let's see here. The next band we're gonna talk about is Quarter Mile. Yes. And uh, Quarter Mile are a screamo mathcore quartet from Leipzig, Germany. Leipzig. I'm not sure to pronounce that. Leipzig, I would say, but I don't know anything. I think it's Leipzig. I think it's Lifosuction. 
pretty sure. Liposuction. <laughs> so we discussed this band back in 2017 when they released their debut full-length album, Hirsch Machine. Hirsch Machine. I'm not sure to pronounce that either. Like everything German, I just have no idea. You're, you're a mystery to me, Germany. Uh, <laughs> which to this day, by the way, I absolutely love. I love how expansive and adventurous that EP, that LP is. Uh, it's very bold, mm-hmm. very fun. I went back and jammed it and like legitimately enjoyed it as much as the first time I heard it. And they, they've kind I, of... I did as well. Yeah, I noticed that. Uh, I saw you. I stalked yeah, you on Spotify uh, is why. Oh my god! I cannot believe this. This guy stalks me on Spotify. I'll just I'll be like sitting at home, and he's like, "What do you hey? What are you doing right now? Why are you listening to that? You go listen to this. What's going on here?" Like ah! Like anyways, it brings on. A, I legitimately police really... Levi's Spotify listing. I'm like, "Yo, dog, why are you listening?" To... <laughs> so... We're not we're not we're not covering Serling until next episode. Why are you listening to fucking yeah, Serling yeah, right dude, now? Do... Go listen to this. Here's the list up. of bands again. I feel like. I literally look out my window sometimes. I'm like, what's going on? God damn it! <laughs> like, um, um, yeah, uh, 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 yo. Uh, so I do. I want to jump in. Um, I listened to the the 2017 release, and already it's just it's a step up as far as the the production for sure, and sound and everything, right? Conclusively, so better we're already production. going into fucking great territory. Right. So yeah, continue on. But I just want to say, just that was already a step up. Significantly better production. Absolutely. That that's the first thing that you will notice when you hear this versus their old stuff. Uh, but yeah, um, I guess, uh, more like, uh, what would you describe these guys? More like a little more like post hardcore pretty much. I would describe their sound as like even parts post hardcore screamo and mathcore. Um, they've yeah. got like really like long form songs and very like shrieked vocals, but a lot more like melodic stuff versus like dissonant stuff. You know, they, they lean way more towards like stuff that's like either uplifting or melancholy, but like never like very dissonant or, um, I don't know, like discordant, you know? Yep. Yep. Uh, I really, um, man, uh, the track silver, uh, there was this like tiny little, uh, sing along part right at the end, which I, which I really wish they did a lot more of the middle. Um, so yeah, that's, <laughs> we're getting way ahead of ourselves here, but yeah. Um, yeah, that sliver is the track and that part in particular mm-hmm. really, really struck me for sure. Like just first of all, I want to say just for, for being a three track EP, I found this to be a deeply satisfying listen that reveals both some serious progression uh, and evolution from this band. They've just come so far conceptually from their early stuff, and it seems like they're like starting to find a unique voice on this album. Um, I agree. What's more, though, is despite the fact that it's just a three-track EP, it's like just shy of 18 minutes, so they've just jammed so much fucking music in here with that nine, again, with nine-minute closer, too. So they've got tons of ideas. Um, and yeah, again, just back to Sliver. So definitely the best song on uh, uh, are you saying sliver it's sliver and gold it's sliver it's not silver they've it's a little bit of wordplay there it is sliver and gold okay, okay. yeah word, so, word. yeah the name wow. of their new ep is Holy uh shit. yeah so just to cover that very quickly the name of their new ep is called sliver and gold which they released on august 15th um and as we've already established again just massive improvement from hersh machine and uh, Sliver, in particular, I think is the best song that they've written yet. That irresistible and up-tempo uh, introduction, the earwig, uh, excuse me, earwig bridge with that mantra of 
your Spieldachnisht like over and over and over again. That legitimately gives me chills, which it translates to um, I don't want this or I don't want it. Yeah, just that part in particular is so fucking good. <laughs> um, Dude, and then they, I can't they, believe it. I can't believe it. I, I, I honestly, that track, it just, it took me somewhere where the whole last LP, the whole last full length did not take me. Sliver right off the bat, just, I was like, whoa, what the fuck? This is the same group? Like, wow. Like, <laughs> For sure. Um, it's like that powerful. I mean, in, in a change. good way. Yeah. 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 Sorry. I had, I had to jump in. I was like, it fucking, this track really grabbed me. I, cause I did, this was a, this was a band that I went to their back catalog first and because since I saw it was a three song uh, EP kind of thing, I was like, ah, fuck it. I'll go listen to their back catalog and I'll come back and listen. To I'm so to, glad you uh, did what they got now. Yeah. Um, but it, sometimes it's nice to go. Sometimes it makes me biased and not the not the a, right way. Yeah, it's just it, it's, that's fair. Yeah, it's it. Um, but but uh, you need the con- I think I it's do, necessary context do. when you're trying to understand, like, why they sound the way they do now versus the way they used to, you know? Absolutely. Um, I would like to know like what they were before. You know, you got to do a little bit of homework. But uh, anyways, uh, the, the, uh, uh, Sliver uh, grabbed me and I have to go back. Dude, that is so crazy. I read over this silver, silver, silver and gold, silver and gold, <laughs> silver and gold. Just like it, that is so crazy what the mind Same. does sometimes. It's, it's like, intentional. I, I think that that was intentional for sure. Wow. My, I, I thought it was silver and gold for the longest time. And I was like, oh, shit. When I was writing my notes, it dawned on me. It's Sliver. Sliver and go, uh, dude. I was like, yo, those beers did get to him. He's over here saying sliver. What an idiot. <laughs> I was like, what are you doing? It is sliver. It is sliver. No, I, I can't read Levi. <laughs> yeah, dude, yeah, dude. I was like, oh, he's getting a heavy tongue. I was like, oh, wait, shit. I'm just, oh, I can't read. Oh, all right. Well, all right. So Not I quite. guess we're back to just normal shit, right? You're, you're good and I can't read. So it's just normal. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, yeah, it, it is it is indeed Sliver. But um what another feature of the song I thought was quite good was the outro, which is like kind of a chariot inspired uh chant, if you will, you know? It's like a group chant and it's just like really like it sounds like a church it sounds like maybe a snippet from like a church song or something like a religious sermon maybe. Mm-hmm. So I enjoyed that quite a bit. I also really enjoyed uh and is like is just it's a good track, but I don't really have any notes on it. But the, the the closer track three gold, which is nine minutes long, just showcases just such a, a variety of fucking shit. I mean, they're using a lot of synths and electronics pretty prominently, um, and there's also just like this big shift where they take this motif they've been hinting at for like a minute and a half, and they finally just like let it rip and it's such like a satisfying moment about five minutes into the song i'm not sure if you know what i'm talking about because it's sort of vague my description oh. but <laughs> uh, the, on, the, on the on the on the last on the last track yeah like five minutes into it yeah, it yeah. like, has like a serious shift which is a long time to like wait for re- any sort of like rewarding moment in a, any given track but like it's so fucking pivotal and satisfying and I usually don't feel mm-hmm. that way about songs that are so long. You know, I don't usually like find that rewarding moment where I was like, okay, that's why I just waited five minutes to hear that. But they just, they do it so well. So there's, there's a lot of care. That work. Yeah, for sure. There's a lot of care and craft uh, and skill into like the sheer volume of music they packed into this three track EP, all that to say. Word. So we're going to go ahead and give you sliver, obviously, which is track one from sliver and gold. 
which came out on August 15th. Here we go. That song is like perfect, dude. Really, really fucking good. That cut. little chanty part, dude, at the end—that is fucking like perfect track. <laughs> it's so good. Yep. <laughs> really, uh, giving off some strong Josh Scogin vibes or Scoggin vibes, rather. But I will not fault them for that because I enjoy it so fucking much. Yep. Josh Scogin. Josh Scogin. Yes, the very famous vocalist. Scogin. So last, we're going to talk about Infinite Hex. 
Infinite Hex is a solo cyber grind synth-driven electronic project from Wellington, New Zealand, uh, featuring our forever homie Otis Chamberlain of Akaname oh, and Ornithologist. One of our boys. Yes. yes <laughs> one yes. of our very dearest boys, one of our nearest and dearest and our New Zealand Your correspondent. Boy. And uh, so this, we've covered this project before on this podcast when they released Permanently Delete All Items, uh, which was followed by two other singles, all of which featured some lovely photography by our good friend Jeff. And uh, now the project is back. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Jeff, good old Jeff Damn. Lizard. Um, Fuck yeah, Jeff. Fuck yeah. <laughs> and now the, uh, the, the project is back with its debut full-length efforts, uh, Simulacrum and Stimuli which was released on August 20th via Zegama Beach Records. And uh, although I would describe this project as primarily Cybergrind, there are elements of mathcore, there are elements of progressive metal, and uh, one of the most striking features is the full-on integration of electronic music, breakbeats, and uh, analog synth, I'd say, too. Oh, the breakbeats in here are fucking... It's... it's it, once again, it's just uh, it's kind of separating itself so much. It's almost like this new genre in a way, you know. Um, this in particular, this is like futuristic music. It's very futuristic. I can't say enough about this. Um, my brain exploded quite a few times listening to this. Um, it is a lot to digest and to sit and listen to. You know, you got to be in the right. I mean, myself, I got to be in the right mood for Infinite Hex because this this album specifically. I feel you. Uh, they they fucking mean it, man. It's sure. it, it's absolutely so, uh, challenging. I mean, it, it's or it's it's quite challenging. Rather, this is not like something that's like easily accessible or likable. It's it's very, um, it's just so different. You know, like I, I would say that this is like one of the, like the more like fully realized cyber grind projects out there. I feel like they're all kind of grasping at straws, mm-hmm. trying to integrate electronic and like grind, and this is just like fully realized and so far next level that it's like ahead of its time. And I don't say that lightly. I, I really feel that everybody out there that has the, 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 the imagination of what a cyber grind project is, I really would love you to go follow infinite hex, uh, on Instagram and see what, uh, what the setup actually is like. Um, the, the soul, the whole fucking sound boards, the wall, the lights, and just, uh, the aesthetics, it's, uh, the full analog synth is setup is quite compelling in, in, in of it, of itself. Yes. It's, it is a futuristic eighties, uh, style, uh, aesthetic that is going on there. That, uh, with so you nail that so hard. The, yeah. The eighties thing in particular, just to highlight that. Yeah. This is like. Oh, it is you son of a bitch. It's so well done. It is. <laughs> it's so good. <laughs> it is like. <laughs> yeah, it, it plays out like an '80s cyber grind space horror film. We're really throwing around the, the film comparisons it's this great, episode, man. but truly though, like, yep. it's cinematic it's, for sure, man. It's great. There are moments on this EP that really remind me of uh, Genghis Tron, who were cyber grind pioneers turned prog kraut rockers. But uh, they, they, there's <laughs> there's so much. <laughs> that's not a slight, by the way. I, I do enjoy uh, Dream Weapon, but. The emphasis on technicality and like full on synth wash and electronic integration is just like frankly more fluid, I wanna say. Like it's just it's less jarring and more like seamless. I almost find myself enjoying much like Fawn Limbs how like you know, we kinda of gravitate towards the non metal parts and just enjoy them so much. I think I find myself now, you know, really gravitating towards the electronic aspects of this project 
when they're put on full display because it makes those cyber grind or heavier moments all the more punctual and all the more impa- uh, you know impactful. Absolutely, dude. Absolutely. Um, man. Uh, I mean, this is fuck. Do you have any tracks that you favor? I mean, <laughs> that was another. I mean, yes, absolutely, I do. This is a very long run. T- I mean, a very long track listing. By the way, there are there's, it is. there's 15 it is. tracks. I mean, if if you wanted to, you could skip the last two technically because they are. That's one of the, again another interesting feature of the album. The album, but by don't, the way. but don't, but don't, don't do but, it. <laughs> but don't do it. But if you were to skip anything. I mean, you don't want to skip it because it's it's a. I mean, I'm not encouraging yeah, you. Ah, I see what I did there. Now I got you. <laughs> you got, got me you. backtracking now, but um, the, yep. so the last two tracks just they're more like purely the power electronic and in synth stylings, just like sort of deposited towards the end. But they really do take you in this like dark and like distinct, you know, dreadful like direction. You know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I will say right off the bat, um, it is a little earlier in the track listing, but track three, uh, Sin Co- uh, Cost Tan. That's the one. Uh, that one. Yeah. Yeah. I would, I would, yeah. That's I, the I'd track. That, that's the um, best track on the album. Yeah. And not just because it has vocals and it's the only track that has vocals, but it just has so many, um, man, it's just like, it's one of the more impressively confounding tracks on the album. You know, it's just got so many jolting twists and turns and it's just so fucking like animated and almost impossible to anticipate the next move on that track uh, yo I just noticed there's a track title named Jeff Organic Jeff Organics <laughs> it is I'm definitely a Jeff reference for sure god damn it yeah I, all the track all right. uh, the song titles are fucking good too by the way um, in particular I really enjoyed Incorrect Password One Attempt Remaining oh yeah that, yep, that yep, really that hit one. home yep. um yep and that yep. one that one i like that track as well not just because of the track name but because it kind of has sort of an 8-bit nintendo aesthetic which just i think is being channeled by how clean and mechanical the guitar parts are but it reminds me of the airship level on mario 3 if that makes sense Okay, I see that. All right, awesome. Very okay. specific okay. retro nostalgia there for you, but yeah. Um, slow roasted Republican in a white wine source. That was that was another one. That was a fave of mine as well. I would say that's another ramp. Yeah, that track is just basically a bunch of insane riffs, like basically riff exercises with like a pinch harmonic breakdown at the end, but it just slaps so hard, and it's like one of the very few moments that are like heavy on the album you know in terms of like being like slow yeah. and low yep yep slow and low man yeah i i, I did uh what <clears throat> god damn what where was that in the that's yeah, track about midways through it's a nice yeah. Little, yeah it's a nice little breather there yeah absolutely. the middle of the album that the track run from like track five to like nine or ten is just so good like this album fucking kills dude I, I love all the yep. little interludes and all the electronic bits and even the last two noise or synth or power electronic tracks, however you care to describe them, um, I felt like they were also fairly rewarding as well. Go read the press release on the album because it's just so fucking, it's verbose, but it just like totally nails what this project is about aesthetically and uh, clearly synthesizers play a very like pivotal role in the album modular synthesizers specifically 
which Otis just has a, a huge rack of them. And it's like, you don't really see artists using that kind of, um, that setup in this, this context at all. So his, his setup looks so fucking cool. I just fucking can't get over it. Anyways, that's it. It's just badass. Dude. Yeah. It's basically uh, dial up uh, noises. Uh, the band <laughs> <laughs> to sort of ad hominem something I just read in the, the press release. <laughs> that's great. That's fucking amazing. Um, yeah. So that's all I got. It's a fucking good album. Go yeah. fuck with it. This so, is, this is incredible shit. So next level. So what's the track? Definitely Sin Cost 10, for sure. Pew, 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 pew. So we're going to go ahead and play for you Sin Cost 10, which is track three from Infinite Hex's debut full-length album, Simulacrum and Stimuli. And that came out on August 20th via Zegama Beach Records, actually. Here we go. Sin Cost Tan, which is the third track off of Infinite Hex's debut full-length album, Simulacrum and Stimuli. And that came out on... When did that come out, dog? That came out on August 20th. Uh, August 27th. 20, uh, 20, uh, 20, <laughs> so, um... Before we wrap this up, I just want to thank everybody so much for listening. If you've made it all the way to the end of this podcast, if you listen to an hour and 40-plus minutes of Levi and I just being 
absolute fucking goons. First of all, we love you. And uh, mm-hmm. thank, thank you. you. Appreciate it. And yep. secondly, uh, please, 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 please follow us on Spotify. Uh, if you if you like the podcast, you should also let us know. You should leave us a nice little review there on uh, Apple Podcasts. Maybe leave us a nice uh, a nice a couple nice thoughts. You know, you can compliment us. You know, you can tell us that we're, we're handsome guys. And, we're good. And we have, we're, we're, we're good. We've men. got. We're good. We're, we're good we do guys. have very nice beards. I mean, that, that is undeniable. Absolutely. I think we. You know, if, if Anthony Fantano's got the best teeth in the game, I think we're the best beards in the game. Especially you right now. You're really we, uh, you just, you're quite bearded. <laughs> we both have friends outside of each other, which is like that is true. Like, great. I know right? other people aside yep. from you like, and my mother. Other than you, right? That's <laughs> yep. That's pretty fucking. And the woman that I have tricked normal, into sleeping with me habitually. <laughs> <laughs> I I definitely fooled her good. <laughs> yeah, got her. Got her. Gotcha. <sighs> yeah. and now she lives with me. Ba- hey. Can you please? back to liking yeah, us? Back to so liking just us. keep liking us. Yeah. yeah. Just keep Fall, liking fucking, us. Fucking, uh, you know, hit, and again, hit us up. If you guys have any questions, you can send us an email to mathcorynix at gmail.com. Um, and uh, bands on not this episode, but some episodes are decided by our Patreon supporters. So if you want to get some cool exclusive benefits, go check that out as well. Um, and you can join our lovely Discord community and watch us do this fucking absolute god awful circus live <laughs> once once a month or so. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> so I guess that about wraps it up for the 67th episode of Mathcast. I'm your host Christian, and I'm your co-host Levi. And we'll be back again next month with some more sick underground bands. Stay beautiful. <laughs>